ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. It is Tuesday, April 20th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer is made pure. Coming up today on the program, I've got a double header for you coming up today. Uh, we're going to talk to Matt Grove here in a few minutes. Marshall Golf getting set for the Conference USA Tournament. We'll talk to him also. We've got high school basketball action to tell you about. Tim Stevens from HD Media, the Herald Dispatch, properly will be with us to tell us about that. And, of course, as I mentioned, your phone calls are coming in. You can find me on social media at Paul Swan. That's the best place to find me on Twitter. Or, of course, if you're a Facebook fan, we've got you covered. Just search for The Drive with Paul Swan. You can find me there as well. So what do we got going on today other than my two guests? Well, we're basking in the glow of Marshall soccer right now. And if you didn't hear yesterday's show, I'm, I'm going to invite you to go back and listen to it. I had Coach on, Coach Grassy, and he did a pretty good job of laying it all out for me. This was important for him to, to win this back-to-back conference champions. Not only did you do it, you did it after a pandemic, so that makes it even more special. And so when you're the best team in Conference USA, that means the other teams and the other coaches take notice. And Marshall had 10 players named to all conference teams, and that's pretty big. This huge. The release that Marshall sent out for this is five pages long when they printed it. That's how big this thing is. Usually you get a two- or three-pager, you're doing pretty good, but five? So the superlatives of the year, player of the year, player of the year, one player comes above all, and that's Victor Diaz. Offensive MVP, Victor. The co-midfielders of the year, uh, Marcel Mesner from Kentucky and uh, Victor. Goalkeeper of the year, Marshall. Coach of the year, Chris Grassi. Um, your keeper is also your Golden Glove winner. And... It's just Marshall just ran this thing. Marshall's just running this thing. Marshall had four players make all-conference first team. All-conference second team, Marshall had four. And then you had two players make the all-freshman team. The only team you're not represented on is the all-conference third team. Why? Because pretty much all your, your players are on first and second team. And there's a nice mix. I mean, Charlotte has some nice representation on this list, and Kentucky has some nice representation, but really, for the most part, all these superlatives, you count them, and there's six of them going to Marshall players or coaches. And the three others go to other teams. And, of course, you share the co-midfielder because you have midfielder of the year, so it's a co-midfielder. That's where Marshall soccer is at right now. And that's what you want to see. You want to see your team just dominating. And so Marshall's now won back-to-back Conference USA championships. Marshall, if it can advance in the NCAA tournament, 
win a few matches, maybe upset the number one overall seed. Chris Grassy doesn't think that they're upsetting anybody. They think they're the best team, and they want to go out and prove it, and that's the right attitude. I love everything that he says. Everything he talks about is probably what all herd fans want to hear out of a coach. I don't think there's really anything he's ever said that a herd fan who loves the program, supportive of the program, doesn't want to hear. Now we all have our philosophies, but still that's that's just huge with all the awards have come out today for the Thundering Herd. So Marshall dominating all the soccer awards, it feels like. And then we got women's golf. Right now, the Thundering Herd completing the second round of the Conference USA Championship. And former intern of ours, Stormy Randazzo, uh, had a good finish. She had four birdies in her final seven holes. So Marshall's 10th place right now, but Stormy is tied for 25th. Carrie Parks is at 32. So those are a couple of names you're going to keep an eye on. But Stormy's having a good go at it. Tied for 25th. She went from a 76 to a 73 now. So she is um, at 149. The herd is 10th. So you're hoping you can get some better performances, maybe move your way up that a little bit. But Stormy tied for 25th. And again, uh, the Thundering Herd. We'll get back at it Wednesday morning. Marshall players tee off between 8 and 8.40 a.m. And we'll see what happens. But I'd like to see her maybe move up, get into the top 10. Maybe have a shot at this. So that's where we're at with the women's golf team. The men's golf team getting ready for their attempt to win a conference tournament. Matt Grobe joins us in the next few minutes, so we'll talk to him, get his thoughts on everything. Uh, later on, uh, we'll hear from Tim Stevens because uh, there's some high school basketball action we want to get into with him. We haven't had him on in a while. been trying to get him on, so he said he could do it today, so I'm definitely taking advantage of that. I'll work your phone calls in when we can. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And, of course, you can find me on social media as well. So we got a lot to get into. Uh, we're going to do that. We'll talk golf when we continue. Then we'll talk high school basketball later on your phone calls. All of that's coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still to come, we're going to hear from Tim Stevens. We've got high school basketball action to get you caught up on. So Tim will join us here in about 15 to 20 minutes. But let us welcome our next guest to the program. He joins us on the White Claw phone lines. He is the head coach of the Marshall men's golf team. He is Matt Grobe, and he is getting set for the Conference USA Tournament. Of course, a good outing wrapping up the uh, Wright State Invitational. you got to feel pretty good about where you finished in that one. Uh, that was a nice bounce back. It really was. It was nice to, uh, you know, we actually took uh, all five of our seniors up there, so it was really nice to let them kind of go out, uh, you know, playing in that event and, uh, you know, we ended up having uh, shoot two of those kids are, are are from Ohio, so you know for them they felt like they were getting to stay close to home, uh, get back close to home and play uh, what was what is their final what you call it regular season uh, golf tournament. So I think it was really good. Is it is it really important that this team is peaking at this moment? I mean, you want to see that consistency all year long, but are you happy with where you're at right now? You know, I am. I think the one thing I'm a little bit worried about is with not having a fall, 
uh, we've really put a lot of tournaments into the spring. Um, you know, we're going to end up playing seven tournaments in two months. And so, you know, a good example is we get back late Monday night uh, after the Wright State event, and we're already leaving Friday morning to head to conference. Uh, and when we came back from Pete Dye the, the previous Tuesday, we were on the road on Friday. So, you know, you worry as a coach, you know, you, you want to have them peak. But at the same time, when we sat down and put the schedule together, you know, Jeff O'Malley and I were looking at it, and our thoughts were if we had a COVID issue and had to miss a couple of events, we wanted to play the minimum number. Uh, and at the time, it was going to be five, so we scheduled seven just in case. Well, we really didn't have any issues whatsoever, so we've been able to play all of them. So I think as a coach, I really think that a lot of our guys are looking really good to me. I just hope uh, I hope that they're fresh by the time we get down there, and they should be. I mean, they're, they're young kids, and it's the conference championship. I, I can't imagine uh, that being an issue, but that, I, I guess that would be my biggest fear uh, heading down there is that we've, we've played a lot of golf in a short amount. What's the travel plan look like? Uh, the event takes place April 26th through the 29th. You're going down to Texarkana, Arkansas, to the Texarkana Country Club. So how soon do you leave, and what's the plan look like when you get there to get ready for the tournament? You know, it's 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 really kind of nice. We're going to leave on Friday. Uh, on our way down there, we're going to play a golf course that was designed by the same designer as Texarkana Country Club. So, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of the holes are very similar. Uh, so it should give the, the guys that haven't been down there uh, a, a chance to kind of get a feel for that designer. Uh, on Saturday, we're allowed to go to the golf course and chip and putt and use the short game facilities, but we're not allowed to be on the golf course until Sunday. Uh, and then Sunday, we'll play our practice round at 1230 uh, in the afternoon. And those take forever because we, we'll play in sixums. Uh, and that'll end up being a six-hour day out there because the kids are going to try to get ready for every hole location. And they're going to hit a lot of chip shots and bunker shots and shots off the tee. And you're just trying to get yourself familiar with anything that could happen to you during the round. Uh, and then we'll start Monday morning, uh, and we'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And if we're in the top four teams in the conference, you play match play on Thursday. Uh, and if you are not one of the top four teams and the tournament's over at the stroke play portion uh, at the end of the day on Wednesday. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the Marshall men's golf team, Matt Grove, the Conference USA tournament is coming up. Who are you looking to? Uh, where are you expecting uh, big performances uh, from? Well, you know, Tyler Jones had a heck of a last year, but didn't get to go to the conference championship. Uh, and he's had a really, really good this year. This year. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's ranked in the top 500 right now of college golfers in the country. So I look for really good things out of Tyler, um, but he hasn't seen the golf course yet. So he's going to work in on that Sunday. Uh, make sure that he feels comfortable. You know, Christian Boyd, who's in the same class as, as Tyler, uh, I've really liked what he was doing a lot uh, this semester as well. Uh, and so, but he's another kid that's going to see it for the first time. So you, you, you feel good about your younger guys because I feel like they got a lot of talent. They're playing some really, really good golf. Our seniors just came back from Wright State. I think they're doing pretty good. Um, but the, the main thing is getting those the, the ones that haven't seen the golf course yet comfortable with uh, and trying to explain to them that, uh, the winds in, uh, in, in Texarkana switch on a daily basis, and they, they come up and can blow as high as 15, 20 miles an hour in the complete opposite direction day to day. So we could get prepared to play a whole downwind, and the very next day you're playing right into the wind. So 
I got to kind of give them those scenarios where we'll work our way around the golf course. But I'm excited to watch Tyler and Christian play their first rounds, and I'm excited for those uh, those seniors that are going to be going on the trip to be able to uh, finish up at Texarkana. It's a wonderful golf course. The town really wants us there. The support's great. They put big leaderboards out and. They just do a wonderful job of making us feel welcome down there. So uh, it's always a great event. And I'm really looking forward to it. How do you teach that, though? The the shifting of the winds, everything, is that just, okay, I've been through it once, so I know how to deal with it again? Because, yeah, I don't know how you would manage a course like that where the winds are going one way one day, the next day it's going a completely different way, and is it – is it going to be hard to maybe unlearn something from day one and apply something else on day two? You know, what we basically do is in the practice round, luckily I've been there, I think I've been there seven years now um, at Texarkana. So luckily when we get to a golf hole, I can say, hey, guys, if this is downwind, it's just an iron off the tee. If you're into the wind, you're going to have to hit driver. You know, this is the side of fairway we've got to come in from to this pin location. And if it's on this pin location, we can't go for the green and two. And uh, you know, we kind of know how the setup's going to be of the golf course. I've got all the whole location sheets for the last, you know, seven years we've played there, and I'll take all those with us. Uh, and then I'll put, like, uh, I've got little uh, discs that I put on the green to kind of show them where I think the pins could be and let them know, hey, we're not bad here. If we're going to miss this pin, let's miss it here on the right-hand side. And then you try to prepare them for it. But wind is just one of those things that really watch professional golfers, college golfers, elite amateur, shoot any amateur, wind is always tough to judge because it's never blowing anywhere near as hard at ground level as it is up where they're hitting the golf ball. So if you feel 10 miles an hour in your face, it could be 15 to 20 up where your ball's going to be flying. And so sometimes you just, you just judge it wrong. Um, so the main thing you got to do is just keep your composure and understand that everybody's dealing with the same problems and just make sure that you worry about yourself and don't get too down if you make a mistake because Mistakes are going to happen, um, and that's kind of how you have to manage their situations. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the Marshall men's golf team, Matt Grove. The conference tournament is upcoming, and with this being a pandemic year and trying to get everything in you possibly can, have you got a good feel for what the competition looks like with the conference uh, looks like across the board? It's the best our conference has ever been. You know, currently right now, We've got, I believe, four teams that will get automatic bids to regionals, and that means they're in the top you know, 60 teams in the country. We've got, I think we've got three teams inside the top 40. I think North Texas was hanging right there in the 50s, uh, you know, the last I saw. I think we've got eight teams in the top 100 uh, in, in, in the rankings. And so, you know, the, the problem is I think it's no different than everything else we saw with football and with basketball, and I think it, it trickles down to all of our sports. We haven't had as much crossover competition as we had in years past. So I think it's really tough when you're looking at rankings to kind of figure out who really is better when we haven't seen any of them. Uh, you know, we were we were with Western Kentucky up at WVU's event, and that's the, that's the first time I've seen them this, this spring. I think we saw Old Dominion at one event. So we've seen two conference teams. We That's it for us so far. I think we might have seen Southern Miss at Charlotte. I'm sorry. So I've seen – I've seen three other conference teams, but with such a Southern-based conference, when it comes to golf tournaments, you play those more locally. You know, there's no home-and-home. Home. I don't fly down and play UTEP, and they don't fly here and play me. So I don't see teams like UTEP or UTSA or FAU 
until we get to the conference. So it's always tough for me to judge. Uh, so I've got to just kind of go off of, of, of what events they've played in and kind of how the rankings play out. But I think every year we get a little bit surprised where a team was either uh, underranked or overranked when we get in there. And, and, and some teams will surprise you when you get down there. And I'm kind of hoping we're one of those teams that are going to surprise people. And the good news for you is you don't have to do anything but coach your team. At the end of the day, yeah, doesn't matter how good they are. If you have your team ready and they perform the way they should, it all works out. Absolutely, that's exactly the way it is. And you you try to tell them that you know, even in, even in in team golf, you still need each individual to take care of their job because they're not playing together with each other. We've had a couple of events where we've played together, but once we get down there, we're going to be playing with two other teams. And when you're playing, so you're going to have your number one with the two number ones from the other teams, and you just tell him, look, you do your job. Let the two take care of his job, the three take his job. And at the end of the day, we'll see what our team score is and, and how we match up. Matt Grubb joins us, head coach of the Marshall Golf Team. The Conference USA Tournament is set. I know you are um, anxiously getting ready for that. Have you been following the, uh, the women's progress, peeking in a little bit on seeing how they're doing? I have. You know, uh, they they really had a strong finish today. The weather's been miserable down there. Uh, you know, they, they, they tried to get as much golf in yesterday as they possibly could. Um, it's They have a lightning. It's been pouring on them down there. I think Stormy birdied three of her last, like, six holes to really help the team out a lot. And 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 uh, they, they finished really strong for the weather. It was raining down there and miserable. They're done for the day now. Uh, and I believe they're uh, they tee off tomorrow morning at eight. You know, Brooke and I are really close, and so we we uh, we text and talk quite a bit. And uh, it was really nice to see the girls kind of finish a strong round today. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, following them online tomorrow and and hope they move their way up the leaderboard. You know, Stormy interned for me, so I'm just giving you a kind of suggestion here in in the near future. It I mean, John Elmore interned for me as well. I mean, I, I don't know if that means anything to you. I'm just that well, it means I'm sending four. I, I'm sending fourteen guys to start intern, <laughs> interning for you this summer. If that's the case, I mean, I'm not going to turn them down. If 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 they need the internship credit, I'm not going to. I'm not going to turn them down whatsoever. I, I do have a track I record. Like of, yeah, I have a track record of success. For the most part, I mean, for, okay, for my for my athletic interns, I have a track record of success. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um. How close are the two programs? I don't think I've ever asked that. I, I know you, as as coaches, you're a close knit group, but you know how close are the uh, the two programs? Uh, you, know, you ever just go out and go after each other, maybe on the on the on the course, uh, you know, mix pairs, whatever, just for fun. Well, you know, we really don't do a whole lot of that, but uh, you know, we're very fortunate in the fact that our kids really like each other. Um, you know, the men's and women's team here really get along well. Uh, you know, they play golf together, they practice together, they kind of push each other. We used to work out together, but with the new COVID rules, we've kind of split the team just to try to make sure that we wouldn't get everybody contact traced if somebody were to test positive. Um, but I think we'll go right back to that next fall. Hopefully things will get back to normal and we'll start working out again with them. And, you know, uh, it, it's just kind of nice that we've got a good camaraderie. Uh, they're rooting for each other. Our guys are, are following the girls, the girls are following the guys. You know, when we're on the road, they're checking to see how the girls are playing if we're both playing at the same time. And, um, you know, they really care about each other quite a bit, which is which is really nice for Brooke and I um, because you just don't want 
you don't want to have two teams that don't want to be around each other because we practice at the same facility. You know, Guyane's so great to us and lets both our men's and women's team come out there and practice. And so, you know, if you had any issues, it would be really tough because you're using the same practice facilities. But we're very fortunate that uh, that our teams get along really well and, and, and Brooke and I get along really well. And so it's, it's a really good fit here for Marshall Golf. I always tell people that it's really Marshall Golf when we happen to have a men's and women's team that fall under that umbrella because that's what it feels like. Joining us on the program, head coach of the Marshall Men's Golf Program, Matt Grobe, and good luck. Uh, I know it's uh, it's been tough on you this year, and hopefully next season we can get you back to something a little bit more of a, a normal schedule, actually maybe get to host an event. That would be nice again to, to be able to, to do that and not be road warriors all the time. It would be. You know, they, we, we, we look forward to it. It's on the schedule. We got the Joe Fagans Marshall Invitational scheduled for uh, for September, second week in September. So uh, I'm really hoping we get uh, we get some other teams to head in here and get to host an event. And uh, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I think the conference championship is going to be a lot of fun and uh, really hope the guys uh, play well. Well, I can't wait to see them all over here interning for me. So uh, your season next year will be even better. I'm just going to. Um, I mean, we want to do this in like platoons or just get them all done at the same time. What do you want to do? Well, we leave on Friday. Can they intern the next couple days just to make sure they're all set for the conference championship? Uh, you send them over. Sure. We can make that happen tomorrow if you want. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Coach, good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. Good talking to you. Take care. Magrobe, head coach of the Marshall men's golf team. The Thundering Herd getting set for the Conference USA Tournament. We will talk to Tim Stevens from the Herald-Dispatch when we continue on today's edition of The Drive. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, my next guest has been the most difficult human being to get on the telephone. I had to actually corner him at the spring football game. I can't call it the green and white game because I don't want the columnist Chuck Landon to uh, write about me in Second Guest Tuesday at the spring game. Joining us on the program now, he is the esteemed sports writer from the Herald-Dispatch. He's Tim Stevens. And uh, i got to be careful here, Tim. I don't, um, I don't want to make the columnist mad, first and foremost. <laughs> Never. Never. He'll stay on his good side. I try. I try. That's why I have to talk to you now and then to kind of get you, keep me keep me there on his good side. But hey, man, you're the hardest guy. To, you're the hardest human being to, to get pinned down. You're you're all over the oh. place. I mean, how hard how hard is Grant Trailer working you these days? I can't never pin oh, you down. Oh my gosh, he just keeps cracking that whip. You know, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> it's it's really crazy because because we're both you know covering all kinds of things that you don't normally cover this time of year. You, you look at it, we had football going at Marshall, and you've got basketball going in West Virginia, and baseball, softball, and track in Ohio. Now you've added baseball, track, and softball in West Virginia to it, not to mention all the stuff you know over in Kentucky where it's a little bit of everything again. Uh, it's just there's, there's, we're never lacking something to cover put it that way you know it's, it's just the most astounding thing i, I covered i covered a, a regular season basketball game and a regular season baseball game in back-to-back days it's just crazy but it's, but it's fun you know we're we're getting paid to watch ball games we won't complain too much wait till summer hits yeah <laughs> let's wait till summer hits you're gonna have nothing oh. Tim. nothing 
<laughs> that's when we generate some features, and we're going to do a, a, a Where Are They Now series this summer that we think people will really like, and, you, you know, that, that kind of thing. And a Miss Minor League Baseball, that was that was something that really filled some space for us in the summertime, and yeah, but love to have it back here one day, maybe. There you go. Here's a feature for you. You can give this to uh, you can give this to the columnist even. Um, top twenty color uniform combinations, Marshall, all time. <laughs> green and white, or white and green. How's that sound? You know, I'll hey, go. Hey, I'll like, go with those. I like you. I, I like, like the yellow. The black and the uniform. The yellow. Yeah, the yellow was fun. I, I'm okay the with that was one. Fun yeah. and was here. That wasn't bad. Yeah, that was that was pretty good and sunny. Sonny Randall brought that out. Those were were fun uniforms to see. So, you know, I don't like the black in the uniform. I don't like the black in the Cincinnati Reds uniforms either. But, but you know, the kids like it awfully well, I guess. And it's a marketing thing and good for recruiting. So we're probably probably stuck with that. But you know, I'm a believer in go with go with your school colors, whatever they are. And you know, if black's in your school color, that's fine. Go with that. But if it's not, I'm not a big fan. Tim Stevens joins us. Uh, high school basketball action taking place tonight. Uh, we've got the Region 4 Section 1 tournament going on. Number 3 seed Spring Valley taking on the number 2 seed Cabell Midland. That's taking place up on the hill tonight, 7 p.m. So uh, you have to hang out with Rick Yockey and and that crew as uh, they stat this thing tonight. Um, oh, Rick. Rick Yockey and Jimmy Morgan and, and all those guys. But, uh, you know, Mary Shackleford will be there to keep them online. She's a good egg. I hope so. Keeping the, keeping the scorebook. So, you know, that'll be that'll be good. I hope so. <laughs> so um, so tell us, how do we get here? How do we get to Spring Valley and Cabell Midland uh, tonight? Uh, that should be a good one. That should be really good. Uh, you know, two versus three. Midland's obviously the favorite there. They're probably playing as well as anybody in the state at the moment. Um they finished really strong, blew out Parkersburg in the MSAC uh, consolation game, uh, and probably were playing good enough they could have won the championship game. Uh, Spring Valley is, is really not near as not near as good overall, but they're good enough to beat you if you don't play well. Yeah, Corbin Page is a load inside, the big tight end from the football team, six four and about two forty, and uh, really a strong inside presence is almost an instant double double of of 20 and 10 at least in every game. So, you know, if he's hot and uh, somebody else on, the, on that team gets gets going, then, then Spring Valley could be a problem, uh, you know. And the winner gets Huntington High, which hasn't been playing well. After a 9-0 start and a number one ranking, they lost three in a row, lost 51-50 to to Tulsa, a Class A team. Uh, yeah, no, they haven't been playing well. But, but everybody's 0-0 right now because it's tournament time. So we'll see what happens. What do you attribute that to? Because I saw that score, and I, I know Tulsa's good, so it's not out of any possibility that it could happen. I mean, no no disrespect meant, but that still kind of, when I saw that score, shocked me a little bit. Right. You know, and, and there are plenty of really good Class A-level teams around the area. Tulsa's one of them. And you know, Jess Munchie's one of the best players in the state, one of the better players in the state, and he had a really good game. And I... From talking, to, I didn't cover that game. From talking to people, Tulsa really came to play. It was their their Super Bowl, their NBA Finals, whatever you want to call it, kind of kind of a game. And Huntington High didn't seem to take them real seriously. Maybe uh, you know Huntington High had a rugged stretch of late, 
and have one of those off nights. And you know, you can't have an off night against a, a good team, no matter what classification it is. Tim Stevens joins us, the esteemed sports writer from the Herald Dispatch and all HD media properties. Uh, that means he writes a lot. The um, the section is it fair to say this is probably one of the toughest in the state. I mean, I'm sure every everyone can make a case for their grouping, but is it fair to say this is probably one of the toughest and maybe one of the hardest to get out of? Absolutely, it really is in every sport. It's just astounding. You know, Huntington High, Capital Midland, Spring Valley are good in, in just about everything, you know, whether it's, it's football, boys basketball, girls basketball. I mean, my gosh, look at girls basketball. Huntington High and Capital Midland are, are fantastic. And Spring, you know, they were ranked uh, you know, one and two in the state in Class 4A. And Spring Valley was number nine. That's three top ten teams just in your section. Yeah, you could, you could be the third best team in the section and maybe be the you know, fourth or fifth best team in the state. It's uh, it's really rugged. The same thing in baseball uh, with with all three teams. It's just a it's just a bear of a sectional to get out of. If you you can get out of this one, then you have a shot at winning a state championship. Let's talk four A. What's your impressions after uh, a run at it? I'm sorry. What was that again? Yeah, four A. Let's talk about four A. So. Oh yeah, four A. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, what's um what's been your impressions now that we've had a go at it? There are a lot of teams that are winning. Uh, you know, GW is very good. Huntington High, when they're on, is as good as anybody. Uh, they're, they're really well coached with Ty Holmes. Uh, you know, very athletic, big team. You know, they can come at you with. Because Amari Smith is six five, and Eli Archer is about six four and a half, and you know, other big guys on that team they. They shoot it really well. Cabell Midland is in that boat as well with you know, Chandler Schmitz, their first team all stater at guard. But his brother Dominic is, is really good. And then 6'4, KK Siebert is one of the better players in the state. Uh, yeah, he's a lot like uh, what we were talking about earlier almost an instant double double. And he's outstanding on defense as well. Uh, and you look at uh, some of their other players in the mix Palmer Riggio and Ethan Taylor, who transferred in from Chesapeake, and some of those guys. Uh, and Chandler's little brother uh, also plays. The uh, Dominic Schmidt also is a is a really good player. They're loaded, so I tell you that any of those teams plus GW could win it. Morgantown is very good as well. Uh, you know, I think they could. They might be the best team in the bunch, but I think I really know. I really think whoever comes out of the GW Huntington High Cabell Midland trio there will we'll win the thing. Uh, no disrespect to Morgantown, but that's how I see it. Tim Stevens with us. And and with 4A, of course, the, the whole idea behind 4A is to split up or divvy this up in four classifications because there are those who do not like the current system or certain programs that they feel, certain coaches feel, have an advantage over them because of the public-private debate and the first go-around here, really, with this and these classifications, do you feel like it's worked as intended? Has it had some um, some consequences or some pleasant surprises to it? Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, what do you have here, 140, 145 schools in West Virginia, and you've got four classes? In Ohio, you have 800 schools, and you have four classes? You know, it, it, 
it kind of waters it down. And as someone who votes in the AP poll for this, you know, the top five is pretty easy. That's pretty easy to pick. But after that, because, you know, it's so watered down from having so many classes, and you've got teams in the top ten that are yeah, three and six, and you know, things like this, it's, uh, I'm not a fan of it. As it, you know, it's and we can we can call it what it what it is. It's the Huntington St. Joe rule about you know, Huntington St. Joe girls basketball dominating and such. But uh, you know, St. Joe opted to play up in AAA. They would they would have been a double A. They opted to play up a class in AAA, and and their their season uh, on the girls' side, they're they're going to Nitro, which should be a great game coming up. Uh, you know, St. Joe comes in this season, they've got you know, seven girls. Uh, they lost a lot of their players. To, you know, two went to Huntington High, two went to Boyd County, one went to Fairland. So, you know, has it worked? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a a real solution. You know, there are other ways to go about it, and I'm not a fan of, of this. But, hey, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out come uh tournament time. Yeah, and that's the thing. The tournament's now extended. It's going to be a, a much longer tournament because you are adding more teams. You've added another bracket. You look at other states, uh, they have huge, huge amounts of um, of teams and they can whittle them down to 16 easily. And then here in West Virginia, we just uh, we have that we don't have that many teams and we we've made the tournament bigger. So that's the that's the bad thing I think about this. And I understand the whole concern about public versus private. The, it's fair to say the Huntington St. Joe rule is uh, is theirs for a reason because, yeah, you know, whether they admit it or not, or whether they use it or not, they have an advantage. Oh, absolutely! As is every every private school that wants to take advantage of it. I mean, you know, whether it's, you know Catholic school or just a Christian school, or just a private school, whatever it happens to be. Um, you now you look in Ohio and the the. the Harvest Prep and Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary's of the world, and Worthington Christian, and teams like that. Yeah, they molar. You know, teams like that have an advantage. Uh, and, and the private schools in West Virginia and Kentucky do as well. Uh, they don't win all the championships, but but man, it's it's hard to compete. Uh, you, know, you take a you know Cleveland St. Joe. They can get players. They can draw from players all over the city of Cleveland from three hundred thousand people. You know what's a you know what's a Chesapeake or a Fairland or an Ironton? You know how do they how do you compete with that? In West Virginia, if St. Joe can draw from you know the Huntington metro area, how does uh, I don't know a, a Ritchie County or somebody you know like that compete with with that? So it's it's really hard. Uh, you know Ohio's done the competitive balance picks to try to straighten it out, and that really hadn't worked. Works very well either, and Kentucky just throws everybody together. No matter what class you're, you are in other sports, everybody plays for the same championship in basketball. Whether you're the smallest school in the state or the largest school, it doesn't. And that's, yeah, that's not real good either. But yeah, I don't know that anybody really has an answer to it all right now. Tim Stevens joins us, Harold Dispatch, sports writer, getting set for. Spring Valley and Cabell Midland, the winner to face Huntington High, and then you look at the other, um, you look at the other matchups there. You, you look across the way and you think, okay, uh, there's St Albans and Parkersburg, and there's a Hurricane and um, I'm sorry, St Albans Parkersburg South. I should not misspeak like that, Tim. And, and Hurricane and Parkersburg. Uh, what do you like How, when you look over there? What do you like? Uh, what do you see? Oh gosh. Uh, both of those should be pretty good games. They really should. 
I kind of like St. Albans. I thought they'd have a little bit better record than they do, but they played a tough schedule. Um, Hurricane has a you – know, Lance Federland's done a really good job with that young team. If if they could hit free throws, they would uh, you know they would be a terror because they're they're pretty good pretty good basketball team. Uh, I like them uh, a lot, but I think Parkersburg beats them uh, in a close game, and I'll take St. Albans against South in a in another fairly close game. Uh, I don't think any of those four though uh, are, are on the level that that Huntington High and Apple Midland are. Tim Stevens, my guest, the hardest man to track down at the Herald Dispatch. <laughs> harder than Luke Creasy, harder than Grant Trailer, harder than than the columnist. Uh, you know, just just out uh, out doing my job for everybody, and you know all those those loyal readers that we can't do without. I appreciate all of them, and I appreciate you. You and I've known each other for a long, long time, and. I'm glad you glad you stuck with me and had me on the air. That's it's always a pleasure. I had to corner you at the game on Saturday, the spring game. I had to actually just <laughs> I mean, you were the lower level, of course, on the, the Tim Stevens Memorial Chair and you know, I was up above you. <laughs> but still I had to corner uh, you. That's all right. It's always good to see you. That was that was kinda of fun, the the spring game and all the festivities around it. I like that. that yeah. Really good time seeing all those guys that were in that that played during the heyday of Marshall football. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, you know, some of those where are they now stories I mentioned are you're going to see from uh, from some of those interviews. But man, that was a blast. I just really, really thoroughly enjoyed seeing all those guys. See that there you go. That's your content. That's your uh, after all these sports end up being done. That's your content for weeks. Yes. Well, you know, I've been doing this for forty years, so I know a lot of people. So we can always fill it. Fill the paper with something, and it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll give them some interesting stories. You know, last year we had the 30th year anniversary of the Huntington Cubs when we ran that series, and we did the top 50 uh, Marshall football games for the 50th anniversary of the of the plane crash. So we we get a little creative in the summertime and come up with with, with some things, and maybe we'll maybe we'll have some surprises this summer. When's the Blizzard retrospective coming out? That's one we should do as well. You know, we should really do that. Um, that's a that's a good idea. We just might have to bring that out. Uh, you know, Dave Walsh covered the blizzard for us for many many years, and he suffered through a lot of losses. That, but when he didn't cover them, I usually did. And when I covered the blizzard, they never lost. They were undefeated. Oh, How you like that? See, I told <laughs> it's it's that Walsh guy. That's it. That's it. You get that's rid it. of that guy, you know? and, and things get better. <laughs> <laughs> we have him covering the state wrestling tournament today, so watch out over there. It's hard to tell what will happen. Man, I feel know? sorry for Huntington, then. <laughs> oh, man. That's, see, all it is is the winning. It's me. I'm also the winningest beat writer in the history of Marshall football, you know. It had nothing to do with, with Moss and Pennington and Pruitt and Leftwich and all those guys. It was yeah, it was all me. You you understand that, right? Uh, oh, I know. I mean, your record's much better than Grant's. Much better. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, I try to stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Stevens joins us, um, which um, which will happen more often if we can pin him down, and uh, I'll entice him with the opportunity to tell dad jokes next time. Tim, uh, have fun tonight. <laughs> have fun tonight, and um, looking forward to uh, getting you back on here real soon. I'd love to do it. You let me know, and uh, we'll do it. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, Paul. Thank you, buddy.
Tim Stevens, and again, I didn't let him get away with a dad joke. We'll uh, we'll rectify that next time. We wrap it up when we come back here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Final segment, today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast. You can get it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Baseball action, we were scheduled to have the Pirates at Detroit. Uh, Our airtime was set for 640. That has been postponed due to snow. The game's going to be made up tomorrow at 210 with a 145 airtime. It's going to be seven innings, so I think we're going to get on the air. I'm not sure, so just a heads up. We might not have a show tomorrow based on the baseball schedule, and that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks to my guest, Matt Grove, the head coach of the Marshall men's golf team, and Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.